0: Good evening you're on the radio with attorney vincent davis and this show is divorce and family law talk radio show the effects of divorce especially when the divorce involves children last far longer than the divorce process itself the consequences of marital dissolution can be can affect all members of the family and can last a lifetime you've got questions we've got answers Family law legal experts answer your questions about divorce, kids, money, property, spousal support, child support. Good evening to everyone out there. If you want to call in and ask us a question or share a story with us, you can call in by calling 646-668-8791. That's 646-668-8791. Before I get into our calls and questions this evening, I need to promote something for an upcoming show. We are going to be having a special guest. Um, She appeared on our show before. Her name is Catherine McWillie, and she is the CEO of Custody Calculations. For listeners who are unfamiliar with her work, Catherine has 32 years of experience dealing with family law, 24 years as a law enforcement officer with Los Angeles Police Department, and she responded uh, to radio calls dealing with divorce and custody when she was on the police force. She She was also a first responder child abuse allegations. Catherine has spent 10 years researching family law where she identified that divorce and custody issues may be responsible for 25% of the crime in the United States. Catherine has been a child custody and divorce coach for the last eight years working with clients all over the United States and abroad. She recently um, will be presenting... Well she upcoming in the near future, she's going to be uh presenting in Prague at the Nash International Academy of Law and Health. Um, uh, Miss McWillie is going to be a guest on our show. Um, for I believe it's going to be June twenty second at seven PM. So that's uh that's a week from today on our next show. Ms McWillie will be joining us. Ms McWillie was a uh, guest on our show uh last month a few maybe three or four weeks ago and uh there was a great response for what she had to say and you know her knowledge and experiences. One of the things that we do on our show is we receive emails and we receive telephone calls from people that have questions. And a lot of times in the family law arena, uh, folks don't like to call in. They're embarrassed. And they're, um, they don't like to get on the phone, speak into the radio, microphone, and, and because they know this show is not only locally, but it's nationally. And so they instead tell us the questions that they're interested in or they email us the questions that they're interested in. And what we promise to do is, on the show, we promise to read the question and go give some, you know, answers, full answers uh, to their questions. So the first question is, if I'm able to prove my wife just got fired from her job, would I be able to take her to court and change my current child visitation order? Right now, she has full custody of our two boys, and I want to have some visitation rights. The answer is, you can take your wife to court to get visitation of your children, of your two boys, at any time. You don't have to wait, um, or there's nothing magic about her being fired. Now, I thought you were going to ask me a question also about child support, but you didn't so I limited the answer to custody child custody and visitation. One of the main factors the court is supposed to examine in custody and visitation cases is what is in the best interest of the child and In this case, there are two children, so what's in the best interest for the boys? Now, interestingly enough, what's good for one of the children may be different from what's good or good for the other child. So in a few cases in recent years, I've seen visitation schedules that were different for the children involved. And it depends on the age and the complexity of the relationships among the parties and among the family members. But there is a possibility that there can be a separate schedule for one or more children. So in this particular case, what you would want to do, sir, is you would want to um, prepare what's called a request for order, otherwise known as an RFO, to modify custody and visitation. In that request for order, you will tell the judge what the current plan has been or the current custody and visitation arrangements have been, and you will tell the judge what you would like it to be. Then, in a declaration under penalty of perjury, you will tell a story about why it would be in the best interests of the child or of the children to have more or different visitation with you or different custody. So in your question, you didn't let me know, you know, how much visitation you get, if any, currently. But you would also want that you in your paperwork, you'd want to let the judge know how much time you want with the children. And, and, and a good thing to do in a request for order is to propose a schedule for the children to have visitation with you. So, if they're a hundred percent of the time with the mother and she doesn't let you see the children, maybe you want fifty percent of the time with the children each week. And if you want fifty percent of the time, the good thing is to go ahead and propose a visitation schedule. Um, you also want to consider what the visitation schedule would be for holidays, what the visitation would be for, you know, Father's Day, birthdays. Christmas, vacation, spring breaks, that type of thing. And of course, and since it's coming up now, it's the summer vacation. Um, there are, I won't say a lot, but I see this frequently. Um, mom has the kids for the majority of the time during the school with the father having weekends or alternate weekends and you know maybe one or two days during the week but then in, when the summer comes around that schedule switches and dad has majority of the time during the summer with mom having weekend and visit weekend or you know midweek visits so all you have to do sir is file that rfo have it prepared properly with admissible evidence and um have it served on your um I don't know you mentioned her as your wife, but your wife or your ex-wife. And, you you know, you'll be able to schedule a date with the court and you will go to court and you will uh, see a judge and the judge will make the decision. Now, in California, in most counties, uh, there is a requirement that you go to mediation. And when you go to mediation, you usually meet with a court mediator, someone uh, employed by the court, and you speak to that mediator, and that mediator tries to come up with a settlement uh, for the custody and visitation arrangements. Uh, And that settlement is so that um, you don't have to go see the judge, and the judge doesn't have to determine what the custody and visitation is going to be. In the mediation setting, Uh, You're able to talk freely with the mediator about your concerns, uh, about, you know, the wife's concerns, and about the children's concerns. And it's kind of done in a fashion where you try to come together and you pick a plan that's, you know, the best for all parties involved. Um, Court is a totally different situation. Um, There's different procedures, it's more formal, and there's evidence, evidentiary rules, which, uh, you know, the judge can only consider admissible and relevant evidence. That's much different from being in a mediation office or an office with the mediator, where you can say just about anything. So um, a lot of times, mediators sometimes make a better decision because they're able to hear more and hear freely from the parties about what's really going on in the lives of the mother, the father, and the children. So um, I I happen to like mediation, but, you know, if it can't be resolved at mediation, uh, usually that day or another day you'll go back and you'll see the judge, and the judge will make a decision uh, about Custody and visitation. Uh, In my opinion, that's a very hard thing for a judge to do um, because the judge doesn't know you, doesn't know your children, and um, the judge, he or she, is going to be uh, calling the shots on what um, your respective relationships are going to be with this child. So I always always like to go have the clients go to that mediation and to see if they can work something out. So basically I hope that answers your question and, and that's uh, what you can do. Unless you left something out of the question, the fact that your um, your wife or your ex-wife um, recently got fired, um, you know, unless it was for something like, you know, she got fired for drug abuse or mental or physical, not even physical, but mental incapacity, um, I don't think that's really going to help you in a lot of custody and visitation cases. In fact, it may hurt you because now she has more time to spend with the children. So I hope that answers your question regarding getting more time, custody and visitation with your child. So I'm going to go to the second question this evening uh, from our listeners. Uh, Number two says, I just had a child with my boyfriend who has a history of physical and emotional abuse. I do not want to stay in the same home as him anymore. I want to leave the state to live with my family in Arizona. Can I just get up and leave? Now, that's a very interesting question, and it depends on a lot of different factors, Uh, some of them which I don't have um, or that I haven't been provided in this question. Generally generally if there's no question excuse me no court orders um you can leave and move to another state however if he goes to court he may be able to um require you to come back to court if he files a case right at the beginning so The answer is theoretically yes, unless there is a court order or a summons has been issued that that, uh, prevents you from moving. Um, But uh, generally, you can just pick up and leave. Hello, I'm going to take our first call from a caller. Who am I speaking to? Uh,
1: The name is Spiritual Compass. Can you hear me? And
0: how can I... Yes, yes, I can hear you. How can I help you this evening? Did you have a question, or did you want to tell a story?
1: Uh, I had a question as well as a story. Um, I'll send my question first. My question to you is, um, speaking on divorce, marriage, and law, is it all considered private property? I'm asking, is marriage private property? basically that's my question, is marriage private property? Because to 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 say to a person, I, I want to marry you or I um I want you to marry me, I would I would then ask this person, I want you to be my private property. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because when we look <laughs> private property deals with something that's private and that deals with ownership. When we get married, we're dealing with ownership, owning half of everything, you know, um, not only owning half of material, things, <clears> but only splitting things half down with the spiritual side as well as the physical body, you know. So I like to ask yes. you basically well, sir, is marriage private property. Okay. Well, you know, we're
0: joined by attorney Raj Matani. Um, <laughs> good evening, Raj. How are you?
2: Good evening, Vince. Uh, sorry for joining you late. I was uh, dealing with some new clients in our office, but uh, glad to be back.
0: Did you hear the caller's question?
2: I heard it. I'm not sure that I understand it.
0: So, what did you uh, think sir, he I, was trying to ask?
2: I, Sir, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, it seems like you're having issues about, um, you know, whether or not a person contemplating marriage can broadcast that fact or not, or um, you know uh, what the disclosures might be if you're if you're contemplating marriage, am I right?
0: Yes, I think that's what he was asking.
2: <laughs> okay, uh, in the in the trying to use the words that he used, calling it private property. Um, there's no such. Uh, law or or case law that I'm aware of that says that you uh, uh, you know do your decision to marry or telling anyone you want to marry them is a um, res- there's a restriction of any kind. Um, the only real consideration that that often arises when uh, people are con- are reviewing promises made in contemplation of marriage are uh, engagement reasons. So uh it's it's uh, often contested topic that says, you know, what happens to the engagement ring uh, upon divorce? And uh, under the law, an engagement ring is a gift in anticipation of marriage. So, uh, therefore, it remains the property of the person that you gave it to. So, gentlemen out there, when you're when you're thinking of your ring or thinking of what to do, uh, you know, not only should you be sure that you love the person and you want to marry them, but that investment is probably going to stay with them if, if something goes bad. Uh, Vince, did you have a different interpretation of that question?
0: Well, you know, I was a little confused myself, but I think that you hit the answer in the <laughs> nail on the head, Rush.
2: <laughs> let's, let's pretend we're both right. And um, I know we had questions that were being asked throughout the week, some, some caller questions. Where did we leave off on that?
0: Well, let me read the second question to you. Sure. And uh, I answered it, but you might have a different answer. Sure. It says, I just had a child with my boyfriend who has a history of physical and emotional abuse. I do not want to stay in the same home as him anymore. I want to leave the state to live with my family in Arizona. Can I just pick up and leave? What do you think, Raj?
2: My initial answer uh, would be yes. Um, absent a court order or... Uh, juvenile order preventing you from leaving the state, uh, you know, uh, uh, America is a free country and you can you can go where you want, especially if you have uh, substantial fears about your personal safety. Uh, you know, it creates a, a, a big host of issues as to what would happen if they initiated a case and fought for custody and those kinds of things. But uh, if you're worried about your personal safety, I would first consider uh, maybe getting a, a domestic violence restraining order. Uh, and then the second thing is that, you know, you have a, a parent has a responsibility and a priority to protect themselves and their children. So uh, if she's seriously worried about her safety and that of her child, um, absent a court order to the contrary, I would say she can go. What, were, what was your answer?
0: That was my answer as well.
2: You know, sometimes I pretend like I'm a family lawyer, and other times I actually am a family
0: lawyer. All right, let's move to the next question, Raj. Sure. I allowed my two boys to visit their mother and stepfather in Washington. I put my boys on the plane with a round-trip ticket. I have found out from the airline that their flight home has been canceled by their mother. What can I do next that will not be used against me in court?
2: This is an interesting question, Vince, and we we get it quite a bit. Um, you know, with the way that the job market here is here is in California, a lot of people end up moving to a different state, and it creates custody issues that need to be resolved. Uh, often, what courts will do when parents live in different states is they is they do exactly what this what this client did here. Um, is to make sure that there is a round trip ticket booked, that an itinerary is coordinated, and that all um, travel plans are understood between both of the parties. Um, if one party cancels that order, uh, what you can do is you can go to court and ask for a, uh, uh, a district attorney or police pickup for child abduction, uh, and you can go to the court get a court order, all Uh, 50 states in the United States are governed by what's called the UCCJEA that would enforce these orders. If it's an international uh, pickup, any country that belongs to the Hague Convention will enforce such a court order. So uh, I don't think that this client needs to be concerned about uh, it being used against them in court. Um, If the child was sent to a place and not properly returned per the court order or per the agreement, Um, He should go in right right away, and I would even encourage ex parte, and, uh, you know, make sure that the children are rightfully returned to his custody. Raj, explain to us what you meant by ex parte. So, ex parte is uh, a legal strategy or a legal mechanism in which you can ask the court for emergency relief. Um, There's a few circumstances in which you can ask for it in a procedural context, and there's others when true emergency for the health, safety, and welfare of your child. And uh, there's a few procedural requirements about giving notice uh, and when that has to be done, but essentially what you're doing is you're asking the court on an emergency basis um, that there's going to be immediate harm to your child if the court does not make an emergency order, and to consider your fees to the courts uh, uh, on an emergency basis, on shortened notice, um, as opposed to the normal requirements that that the court has. So, uh, you know, our offices were very well-versed and experienced in doing all of these, uh, but I would caution people against abusing the process. Um, You know, sometimes when you're always in court crying after every issue, judges kind of get tired of you. So you really want to make sure that when you're going in, as is the case here, where the Children are in another state um, in opposition to to a, a parenting agreement. Uh, when there's a true emergency, or as they like to say, "blood on the ground," you want to go in, ask for immediate relief, and uh, you know, get a court order that protects, you know, your interests and the safety.
0: What's of your safety? feeling about judges uh, granting orders and doing things on an ex parte basis?
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you've caught me on a. On an interesting day, Vincent, I, I we, we spoke about this earlier today. I you know um, we had a judge today that didn't didn't go our way on an on an ex parte request that I I, I thought was proper, and I think you would agree with was proper too. But um, you know I think judges are are hesitant. Um, I think sometimes they don't want to do the work to really consider uh, the true nature of the request, and uh, you know they kind of say hey. There's no real reason why you can't come back in 16 court days or, or whatever time you would be needed, and and have your matter be heard. So, um, I think judges are a little conservative on it, um, and that's why I use the term "blood on the ground" because that's sort of what, um, you know, sort of the colloquial term that I've heard from judges saying that that's that's really the only way that they're going to grant it. So, um, it takes a skilled attorney to put the right pleadings together to make sure the notice gets there on time, and then, you know, uh, to sort of petition the court to, to sort of go your way. Um, I think our office has a good record of doing it, but, you know, today didn't go in our favor. By the way,
0: today was the minor's attorney there?
2: She sent an um, associate from her office who I ironically worked with at Leakley. So uh, it was good to see her, but then I, I wasn't so happy when, when the court when the court didn't agree with us and uh, you know, it was an interesting reason why they didn't, you know, to go off on a tangent for a bit, um, it was an interesting reason why they didn't, you know, the the state reason of the judge was uh, that she needed, she wanted to put it on her motion calendar and um, do legal research uh, in response to the motion. So, I thought that was very interesting that the judge wanted to be more versed in our request and that was part of the reason why she put it over. So, um, you know, it's every judge is their own sort of fickle beast, and um, what might fly in one courtroom won't fly in another. And uh, you know, the more you practice and the more you get to know your judge, you'll, you'll find out what really, really makes them tick. Very good, very
0: good. Let's go to the next question, Raj. I am fighting for full rights to our Orange County home, and I want full custody of the four children. In court, can I use the fact that my husband is always on business trips against him?
2: Uh, Definitely. Um, This question has a few parts, which are I don't know that they're necessarily related to to all of them, but uh, I'll try and work my way backwards. So the fact that one parent is always on business trips or uh, you know, doesn't have all the time in the world to spend with the children is a significant factor. Uh, when the court is deciding custody, they, wanna, they have a priority to place it with the parent who can most be present and most attend to the, to the needs of the child. So if one parent is away always on business trips, then the court is likely to use that as a factor against them and decide against custody. Um, But there may be other ways that the court could even it out as well. So for instance, if this husband is always on business trips, but there's a slow season when he's not, then the court could increase his time in that period. But uh, it's definitely a factor that the person advocating for primary custody should relate to the court, and use to their own advantage. Um, The other parts of this question, that she's fighting for the full rights to their Orange County home, and that she wants full custody of the four children. So like I was saying, the the decision on custody is split into two parts. You have legal custody and physical custody. Uh, Physical custody is where the kids live, who they stay with. Legal custody relates to decisions about things such as Uh, medical care, dental care, where they go to school, uh, extracurricular activities, uh, and those kinds of things. So when she says full custody, I'm going to assume she's talking about physical custody. And that's where the fact about the husband always being away is going to be most critical and most important to the court. So uh, when making any requests for custody, those are the factors that I encourage clients to focus on. You don't necessarily always want to focus on how bad the other person is Uh, I would advocate that you most focus on what you can provide for the children, how present that you can be and how you have the means and the resources to assure that these children will grow up in a uh, safe environment Uh, and then the last part uh, about fighting for their Orange County home first of all, congrats because there's probably some equity in it second of all uh, fighting for property is uh, a very contentious issue, um, and it's a very complicated because the first question that you have to ask is, who can afford to stay in the home? Uh, very often, neither party can afford to stay in the home, and it compels the house to be sold. Uh, but in the event that one of the parties can stay, then uh, you know, you're going to have to do a division uh, of that home along uh, equitable lines according to community property laws. And if that's the case, it's probably going to involve one person buying out the other. Uh, And that opens up a whole Pandora's box about refinancing the home, getting one off the deed, uh, finding uh, the cash to pay off the other person. So, uh, you know, this is a a really complicated case, um, one that I think would probably be best handled by an attorney. And so, uh, if this client is, or this person is listening tonight, I would uh, strongly encourage them to call our office and, and see if we can help them out because uh, each of these issues has their own uh, ups and downs and uh, sort of nuances that would need to be properly litigated before the court.
0: Very good. I, I think you're, you gave an excellent answer to that question and had, you had many moving parts to it. The next question, Raj, is how long does a divorce take in California? I was married in four other countries. Does that, does that affect my divorce in the USA?
2: I'm really hoping she, she wasn't married, or whomever this person is, wasn't married to four other people in four different countries. But, uh, you know, fifth time could be the charm. Uh, in, in California, uh, the fastest that you can get divorced... Uh, regardless of how anything plays out, is six months and one day from the data file. So um, even if you guys agree on all of your issues, if you have uh, very minimal property, the fastest you can do it is six months and a day. Um, now, as, as, as I say that, I, I note a few exceptions. Um, there, in some counties, I think San Diego is one of them, and San Bernardino might be another there are special circumstances where you can get divorced in a day. And, um, you know, there are special circumstances about what it takes, but essentially if you have, um, I think in San Diego, if you have less than $40,000 worth of assets, um, no kids, no major debt, um, no major property, um, then you could go there, use a, uh, a special assistant within their building, and, uh, you know, they'll process it. That day, but absent a, a special exception in any county, the fastest you could do is six months in a day. Vince, I don't know. Roger, what do you think not... about this this uh, other counties, other countries question? I would defer to your expertise on that.
0: You know, I think it was a mistake, and I, I think the, the question probably was intended to read like this: How long is divorce take in California? I was married in another country.
1: Does this affect
0: okay. my divorce in the USA?
2: Um, and to that, if that was a question, that it could have an impact on uh, property rights. So uh, as far as property decisions go in a divorce, there's, there's three kinds. There's uh, community property, separate property, and there's what's called quasi-community property. Quasi-community property are things that would be communal property uh, had the marriage occurred in California. So if you have, uh, if you were married in a different state, different country, or something like that, and um, uh, you acquired some assets while you were married, uh, but they were outside of California, uh, there would still be jurisdiction to uh, within the California courts in your divorce to dispose of those assets. Um, so. If, the answer to that part is: if they were married in another in another country, um, that does impact their divorce, and so it's really critical that they uh, do a correct assessment of both things and uh, make sure that they're properly accounted for in, in any property declaration.
0: Hello. Very good. Have you oh. had many? Have you had many? Uh divorce cases where people were married in other countries?
2: Uh, I'm trying to think if I have. and I I haven't encountered it yet. I've encountered cases where they have property in other country. Uh, in other countries. I have a couple cases where there's um, claims to land in Mexico, which is problematic as you can imagine. Uh, we have a case where there's ones that claims a property in uh, South America. So, you know, finding title, you know, that creates big problems in uh, discovery, finding title, um, you know, doing document requests in another country. It's, uh, it opens up a whole host of logistical issues. But uh, I haven't seen a case where someone's been married in another country and then tries to get divorced here. But uh, it doesn't take much to get divorced in California. Um, as l- I believe the requirements are as long as you've been a resident of the state for six months and a resident of the county in which you choose to file for at least three months you can file your divorce in California. So um, despite where you're married, uh, you can still execute your divorce here.
0: Very good, Raj. I'm going to take another call from our audience, area code sure. 619, uh, ending in 2-4. Okay. Good evening. You're on with Attorney Vincent Davis and Raj Bhatani. Uh, who am I speaking to? Hello? Hello? Yes. Can you hear me?
3: Good evening.
0: I can hear you loud and clear.
3: Okay. I'm just making sure that you were talking to me. Um, my name is Ty, and I was calling. Um, I've got a CPS case going on, and I really don't know, because I didn't hear the beginning of your show, what exactly I'm supposed to say at this point, to be honest.
0: Okay, Ty. Well, if you have a CPS case, I'll take your question. Our CPS radio show is on Saturday mornings at eight a.m. to nine a.m. Tonight is our divorce okay. and family law talk radio show, but I'll go ahead and take your question. Just ask your question or tell your story, and uh, you know maybe I can give you some information.
3: Well, that'd be wonderful. I um, see my my fiance and I we split up around February, the day before Valentine's Day, actually. She was pregnant, and subsequently, after the, we split up, she tested dirty um, for a controlled substance, I guess, the next four um, doctor visits. The, my son, when he was born at the hospital, they, her and he both tested positive. The social worker allowed her to leave with him And she did not put anybody on the birth certificate at this point. Um, My son left with his mother. She tested dirty again. They removed him from her. They called me because I had been active trying to say, hey, I'm the father. They called me and said they were going to be bringing him to me, even though I was just an alleged father. This social worker who let her leave the hospital and made this phone call, I guess this was her first case, this is, my son did not get brought to me. He was brought to foster care. The next morning we had a hearing where they were going to determine jurisdiction or a jurist hearing or such. Um, or that might have just been the initial thing. Um, at that point they set a jurist hearing and they ordered me to do a drug test and they asked me to do a, a DNA test as well, which I did. It was ordered to be done on the 10th of May for me and as well as for my son. I did mine on the 10th. They did not do my sons until the 24th of, um, or actually the 25th of May. The court next court date was the 26th, so the results weren't in. So he stayed with CPS, or with the foster care. I was still just an alleged father, even though I was allowed two supervised visits a week. Um, as we progressed through this, the next um, court date was the, this past 9th. Uh, I called them the seventh. They still had no results. They said that they had sent things out to my family uh, to, about possible relative placement. My sister in Chicago received something, and my ex-wife received something. The other names on the papers are people I've never heard of. And I don't know why they would send them these things. I mean, I called and tried to talk about this, including with my own attorney, because I believed that the mother, um, I, she knew the child was mine. She was upset with me. She was mad. And she tried to put the using on me as well, um, all to alienate me from my son. They seem to be buying into this. As, as a, I'm going to get sidetracked, I don't want to do that. But, anyways, on the on the on the ninth, or this 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 last date, um, I found out at 8:20 in the morning that he was in fact my son. The markers came back 99.99% sure, and at that point. I wasn't offered my son still. They said at that point, it um, was a detriment to my son to come be with me or my family at this point because last year in May, um, we were approached, my fiance and I were approached in the parking lot. There were um, brass knuckles in the trunk of my car. That was a car that was registered to me. So these weren't mine, but as the things went on, I ended up taking a deal in February, right before we split up, that would allow me to be there when my son was born and back out before he was a year old. Now, with everything that's happening, they're saying that, um, that because we're not together, that that there's only a six-month window when it comes to, to infants, and I'm not falling into that window. And rather than to place him with my family, that they, which most of them are out of state, that they would rather him be in foster care to allow reunification for the mom. And I'm not the one that did anything. And I, I mean I, I, I obviously I made it I had a mistake. I, I I'm gonna go to the local custody but but I don't know what my what I can do at this point. I I've I called them, I I've pled with them, I've never had a CPS involvement in my life. I have three other children, they're grown, I'm forty nine. I have three daughters, they're all grown, I've never had any issues. I've never had any problems with my kids and this is my little boy and I just don't know what to do, sir. That's where I'm at. <laughs>
0: Well, let me ask you a couple of questions. When is your next court date?
3: They set the next one out for a settlement conference for Ju- uh, July eleventh, and I'm supposed to turn myself into custody before then. I'm going to be appealing. I don't know what else to do. I was going to file a motion to try and uh, have a modification of sentencing after plea. I've heard there's such a thing. I don't really want to withdraw my plea because I don't want to risk prison and, uh, and lose them all together. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't mind going to prison rather than not have my son.
0: Um, where is your case in San Diego? What courthouse? Alcohol. And is that um is your judge's name Bubis?
3: It very Bubis? well could be, sir. Yeah, very well could be. I I they're very I'm not their favorite person in there for some reason. He he's been fine with me, but everyone else seems to really. I I don't know. I I guess you know. I'm just. I don't understand. I guess, and I'm I get I get frustrated. I ask the same questions a lot because I don't know where I've done anything. Why he can't be placed with me, even if I was pending to go in. Why he couldn't be with me and then be placed with family rather than in the foster system where they're going to, uh, again, their reunification that she had offered to both of us initially, even when I didn't understand why, it was offered to me only to find that she couldn't offer it at that time because I was only I was going to be gone for over six months, and that's not, um, I guess that doesn't work here. So how long are you going to be in custody? I'll be going for nine months. Maybe less, depending on good time and this and that. I, 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 I don't know. Um, that No longer than nine months. And uh, I heard that the, the date actually starts on the day of the jurors' hearing when they would finally get the actual um, – the ruling would be for him to be into foster care, which I guess that court date is the 20th of July. If I went in, say I just went and turned myself in tomorrow, then I would be two months past the deadline or maybe, you know, depending on anything else that might come up that might make it better good time. I have, I have a history. I do. Um, I've been in trouble before, but I haven't had a drug charge or anything since 2007. I did Prop 36. Uh 2009, I, I, I went to um, work at a – I, I was released, I should say, and I went to to a, work at a nonprofit. And for the next five years, I managed this nonprofit, helped people get clean stop helped the recidivism rate drop here, and I've been on stage with the district attorney telling my story. I've raised thousands of dollars for the community, and they've treated me like I'm just I'm doing the same thing that mom is doing. And I'm not trying to bash mom. I'm just saying that I didn't do this. I wasn't the one that was. You
0: know. Well, th- what's your first name?
3: Ty. I'm sorry. That's Ty. T Y. See
0: Ty, get a pencil and paper because I'm going to give you some information.
3: I will. Thank you, sir. Hold on a second. Okay. I do first,
1: and
3: let's pen detach whatever that is.
1: Okay. No.
3: all right sir i'm ready okay so
0: today is our divorce and family law show and you have more of a what's called a cps question our cps shows on saturday but i'm going to give you a telephone number and then i'm going to give you a website and i want you to go to this website because you can download my book and uh, i want you to review it and I want you to give me a call tomorrow at my office, and you and I are going to talk privately on what you can do to get your child back and to get your child with your family. Okay? Okay. So the That's telephone me. number is eight. The telephone number is eight eight eight. Eight eight 6582 That's triple eight triple eight six five eight two okay the name of the website is called fight child protective services dot com fight child protective services dot com okay there's one other there's one other thing I want to tell you based upon the limited information you've given me. it sounds like you and or your family may have a big lawsuit against the social workers in San Diego County and San Diego County. So when we talk tomorrow, we'll discuss that as well, okay?
3: Yes, sir. Sounds great. All right. What time would you like me to Ty, call tomorrow? Thank you for... very...
0: um, our, op- our office actually opens at 7 a.m., so if you call around that time or a little after, you can make an appointment to talk to me tomorrow.
3: That's great. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you in the morning. Thank you, Ty, for calling.
0: Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. So, Raj, we have a um, a CPS call. Yeah, what a story. It's a CPS call on our divorce show. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's happened
0: a couple that's happened a couple times in the past, hasn't
2: it? It's happened a few times and um, you know, you have a whole show dedicated to that on Saturday mornings at eight AM and uh I think people can call in and listen to that the same way they do this one, but um there's a lot of crossover in in uh, CPS cases and family law cases. Every C P S case uh typically ends with a family law order. So um knowing a little bit of family law and how that impacts Um, those decisions uh, is useful to either side.
0: You're absolutely right, Raj. And we're running out of time this evening, so let me go to our next question, okay? Sure. It says, uh, I know my ex-husband was just promoted in his organization. When and how can I request more child support? What? It says, will I be able to request more spousal support two? Question mark.
1: Okay. So, ex-husband's so, gotten,
0: pr- gotten promoted, pr- presumably earning more money. Uh, ex-wife is saying, hey, how can I get more child support and spousal support?
2: So, let's talk about the child support issue um, because that's actually what I was talking to the client uh, about that maybe me to the show, so it's fresh in my mind. Um, whenever uh, whenever a party changes uh, their employment history either for, for their benefit or to their detriment, uh, the court retains jurisdiction over the issue of child support until the child turns 18, or uh, if they're 19 and graduated high school, or uh, if they're a special needs child and then you have sort of adult children support. <clears throat> so uh, whenever any of these factors change, uh, you can always go back to the court and do what's called a request for order to uh, modify child support. And what you would do there is uh, explain what's changed and uh, you know, why you believe you should get more support. And what this allows you to do, it allows you to conduct discovery to find out how much they're making, and it compels the other side to complete what's called an income and expense declaration and overtly tell you what they're making, and bring to court their pay stubs, along with any uh, loan applications or tax returns that they may have filed since since you separated. So, uh, if you know your spouse is making more money, um, 100% go back to court and uh, file the modification. There's also the scenario when it comes to child support that the Department of Child Support Services may be enforcing. If that's the case, then what I would encourage is to call the department, Um, they have staff attorneys who do this all day and night, call the department and say hey, I know he's making more money I would like to file for a modification Um, they will generate the paperwork get a court hearing and also compel the other side to bring this information forward by the same token if you are paying child support and you have now lost your job or Your hours have been reduced, or you're changing careers and going back to school, or something like that. Some factor has changed. You also have the right to go back to court and reduce your child
1: support. So,
2: um, it's critical that whenever factors change, you apprise the court of those factors and make sure you're not paying more or less than you need. Um, And the date that you file is very critical. It's essential uh, that you go to court as soon as possible because of a concept called retroactivity. Uh, the court has the authority when they make a change in, in support to make those changes retroactive to the, as early as the date of filing. So let's say, for instance, um, uh, in this case where the husband is making more money. It may take this client some time to find out exactly what the new funds are or get an order that changes the support to a higher figure. But by filing immediately, they can uh, assure that uh, the new orders apply as far back as the filing date so that, you know, the children receive the benefits of this new income as much as possible. Uh, To the second part of that that question, will I be able to request more spousal support, too? The answer is also yes. Uh, Unless the court has... Change jurisdiction or terminate jurisdiction with regard to spousal support. Uh, you will always have the ability to change that. Uh, the unique thing about spousal support, however, is that uh, it's subject to what's called the 4320 factors, Family Code 4320. Uh, these are uh, a list of about 11 factors that the court takes in uh, regarding, you know, what's your old income, what's your new income, what was the standard of living during the marriage. What's the party standard of living now? How are they able to support themselves? So on and so forth. So uh, you know, whenever there's a change in any of these factors, you can 100% go back to court and ask for a change. Um, spousal support is a little trickier and a little harder to modify. But uh, child support uh, is one of the most common requests um, and has many mechanisms by which it can be changed. So um, to the effect that you've, you found this information out, um, you can contact our office, and we can help you uh, do this. We, I do both hearings with DCSS and uh, request for orders. So, uh, if there's a change that's that's being sought, uh, we know how to get that information and, and can make that request.
0: Hello, Raj. Very good. How long to, how long does that usually take?
2: Um. It it kind of depends. Um, so we were talking about ex parte's earlier. Um, if if your children have an immediate need for this money or something like that, it, it could be a reason to go in ex parte. Uh, it's not one of the strongest reasons, but it could be a reason. Uh, but otherwise, you're going to look at filing this on the normal court calendar. Uh, according to the court of, Code of Civil Procedure, the earliest you can file something is uh, 16 court days. Uh, you also need to build in times for service. So if you're going to do service by mail, you need an additional five calendar days. So when clients come into my office and they ask me how long will it take till I get a court date, uh, you know it takes us some time to put it together, and then it takes about and then it takes some time to get the court date, depending on availability. Um, so I tell them, you know, it usually takes about a month um, between coming to our office, writing your motion, and then possibly getting a court date. So uh, is that something that they're looking to do? It, t- it takes about that amount of time before your hearing day uh, uh, to have your motion heard.
0: So you're saying about?
2: I would say a month. about a month. And and the reason for that, and people get shocked when I say this, but um, if you think about it, uh, you know, in a, there's about four weeks in a month, and without any major holidays, about five days in a week. So you only have a maximum of twenty court days. Um, so to ask for 16 court days of notice, you're already looking at three weeks minimum. Uh, then you have the issues of service, notice, um, your attorney uh, needs to be available if you have one, and uh, the court also needs to be available. When you, when you call, call the court, you're, you're going to ask the clerk, hey, what days are your requests for orders for, or, uh, for child support hurt? They're going to tell you, you know, we only hear RFOs on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And you ask the court. Well, I'm looking to have my matter heard on, you know, let's give an example, July 15th. The court may tell you we're dark that day. You know, we don't have availability. Our, our courtroom is full, and they'll ask you to pick another day. So uh, uh, you're going to want to uh, make sure that all those factors line up to give you a court day. And that's why it could possibly take as long as a month, you know, maybe more, to uh, to get an actual day in court.
0: Well, it's not too bad, not too bad.
2: It's not not too bad.
0: Sorry,
2: go ahead.
0: A lot of people like to get in faster. Hey, Raj, we're running out of time. Let me ask you one more question, okay? Sure. My my ex-wife has sole custody of my three daughters. Knowing that my children are gaining weight and eating unhealthy is my worst nightmare. Is there some type of way I can go to court and request that my ex feeds our children better What can I
2: do? Definitely. Um, I would first encourage you to see if you can find a way to work this out with her and see if there's uh, a a mode by which you can help regulate their diet. curious to know if you have any visitation time um, and you can modify their diet that way. But if you're finding out that she's not willing to work with you, that um, she's feeding the kid's unhealthily, and and there's demonstrable evidence um, of this impacting them, uh, then you can 100% go to court. The court entrusts the person, especially with sole custody, entrusts the person with primary custody to be the one who is best able to look at the health, safety, and welfare of children. Uh, If they're they're gaining significant amounts of weight, having real uh, medical problems as a result, then... um, you know, they may not be the person to to have primary custody. Um, and for all we know, this mother could be doing the best she can and maybe she just can't, can't manage with, with the amount of children. Uh, and the court needs to hear that. So uh, there is a way that you can go there's a way that you can acknowledge uh, these changes and ask for a change. So uh, this mechanism would be the same as all the others that we've talked about. You file a request for order. It's called the FL-300. You check the box saying modification. uh, Check the uh, attachments for child custody, child visitation, uh, and maybe even legal custody in this case, and request that the transfer be put over to you or that the children be in your care more time so that you can make sure their diet is appropriate. Um, But I would caution you against Making this request on a fear that they're eating McDonald's one time a week—you've got to have some real concerns and real demonstrable evidence uh, that the kids are really being impacted. Because if you go in there with a uh, half-baked
3: or
1: uh,
2: faulty motion, it's not going to bode well for you. So, um, you know,
0: please you, know, Raj, you and said and something. Re- you, you said something very important there, and I just want you to explain to the uh, listeners. You said you need to have real demonstrative evidence. Tell us what that is.
2: So it's what, anytime that you present a motion, you're gonna attach a declaration saying the reasons why you think the change should be made. That has to be supported by something real. Uh, You need a doctor's note. You need um, uh, a declaration from the school counselor or a PE teacher or or have uh, have, have a physical and show that there's something changed. You can't just claim that the kids are being impacted. You need uh, you know, something in hand uh, that can also be admitted to the court to show that your concerns are legitimate and not just the uh, you know, fanciful notion because you're trying to bring the other, other party back into court and try and win custody. So you, you've got to have something that substantiates, independently substantiates your claims in order to, I think, have a legitimate chance of winning. And uh, if you're going to pay an attorney to do that, you need that. And if you're going to go yourself, don't waste your time, money, and energy just to bicker. Uh, do it with a real purpose.
0: So perhaps pictures and a doctor's report.
2: That, as a starting point, yes. And then yeah, you have issues good. about getting them admitted, but you should start there.
0: Okay. Well, Rosh, it's been good uh, good to have you on the show again with me. And don't forget, next week we're going to have uh, Catherine McWillie the CEO of Custody Calculations. So, Raj, I'll see you next week on the radio,
1: Wednesday at 7 p.m. Good night. Good night, Vince.